Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Time to talk some Oklahoma State football for the regular season finale, which means in terms of regularly scheduled appearances at Stone Cloud, this is our finale this, as well. This is, yes. Um, I'm sad. Me too. This, like, this is like a somber right? podcast. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's a little rough. It doesn't feel like that long ago when we were uh, we were sitting at the back table over there with Matt chatting about yeah. how we were going to make this whole thing work. Yeah. And now the season's over. And we've made it work somehow, except we for have. last week. We didn't really make it yeah, work too we, well uh, last week. We did not make it well, work well last week. We apologize to our, yeah. our regular YouTube viewers. Um, if you're listening, if you're a regular audio listener, you got to hear it, but the video audio situation did not, uh, did not mesh up correctly. Um, our apologies for you uh, not getting to check out. If you if you did miss it last week, we we really sorry because it was the best one of the year. It was, yeah, absolutely, no doubt. We looked about fantastic, it. Oh, abs- absolutely. <laughs> we finally incredible had faces not made just for print <laughs> yes, and exactly. radio. We were finally able That's to right. do this on YouTube and feel respectable right. about ourselves. Yes, yeah, we will be back here uh, at least once, maybe twice, if we can work it out during during yeah. bowl season. Depending on how the schedule falls, it's always a little bit tricky because you get into basketball really heavy. I start doing a little bit of women's basketball, a little bit of wrestling. Yeah, things don't always align, but we'll try to make it happen so we can come back here, record a couple more podcasts at this fantastic place, drink some more of their fantastic beer. And on that note, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking you got a really big glass. I did get a really big glass. I'm jealous. It's it's impressive, isn't it? It is. Alyssa really hooked me up. It's yeah. a uh, dead saison. Ooh. It's come out. It came out of a can. They don't have it on tap right now, mm-hmm. but it's just it's got some really good flavors. I'm a big fan of saisons. Okay. And if I find a good saison, I really stick to it. This is one of them. Um, the thing about a saison, though, is you got to to me, you got to find one that's not just sour. Because okay. a lot of times saisons get sour, mm-hmm. and and I don't always want that. And this has got a good balance of that. Um, and so I'm really a big fan of it. It's called dead saison. I'm trying to determine whether you're a really big fan of saisons or just a big fan of saying saison. Ooh, it's I'm a big fan of saisons. It's okay. always been my go-to. All right. If I go to a brewery and there's a saison, I'm generally trying it. All right. Either it's, either it's a taster or a full pour. Mm-hmm. I'm going for it. I'll read the description and decide if it's going to be sour or not and kind of go. But like we found, on a side note, <laughs> I found we were in California. We were in Monterey um, and... and and all that in California this this summer, um, I found a uh, a brewery that was known just for saisons, Ooh. and it was like heaven for me. It's like, Very oh, I want nice. this saison, I want this saison, I want this saison. I loved it so much. And you mentioned it came out of the can behind the bar. We yes. always forget. I always forget. Yes. So so for the viewers who might come try this place out here on nine seventeen South Husband in Stillwater, they don't just have the stuff on tap. They've also got the the fridges that you can see what uh, what they've got in mm-hmm. cans back there. I always forget about that. Um, Lots of options here. 
Yes. It was tough. It was tough for me to uh, to choose today. <laughs> I went back to one that I've actually had on the show before. Okay. And for the record, this is my beer. It's your beer. No, Obviously, no predictions again. We had, we had oh, that's one. true. We had one. We didn't have YouTube, so people that's couldn't true. leave their, their comments. That's true. I forgot so about had, that. Uh, Ryan the Great on Twitter came and uh, and offered yeah. a prediction, but he picked Oklahoma State, so I uh, can drink my own beer. So uh, those of you watching on YouTube, or if you're on Twitter, and hopefully you're on YouTube this week. Yeah, exactly. Go into the comments. Leave your score prediction. Have a chance to win a free beer that we will drink for you next week, and uh, maybe you can have Astro Dog, which is uh, what I'm trying tonight. Uh, not trying; I've had this before. Astro Dog's a good one. Big fan of it. Um, the uh, the one thing that's uh, this got me a little bit nervous. We're dealing with seven percent situation here. Ooh. I've eaten very little today. Uh oh. So that's a little bit of a teaser for the folks that are watching <laughs> on YouTube. You might want to stick around to the yeah. end to just see how I handle the the, the next thirty that's, to forty five minutes. Yeah, there we go. That's this is exactly why I don't get their stouts here. Mm hmm. Because the stouts I want to try are all 13 or 14%. Right. And I'm like, if I drink one of those in just one of these podcasts, mm-hmm. it might be some bad news. Yeah. Or good news for the viewers. I don't know. Who knows? They, they might enjoy It might be our most watched podcast. It might be. Ever. Yeah. We might need to consider this. We might have <laughs> to. You get to bowl season, anything can happen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, we're going to talk about bowls. Uh, we're going to talk about... A little bit about Bedlam, though we covered a lot of it in our post-game podcast, as always. Take you behind the scenes. Had a really busy day talking to players today. Six guys after Six. practice. And I, I'm not even sure. It was, it's was. it been such a scramble since we finished and came over here. Did we even did we make it to all six? I made it to three. One, two. I made it to three. So hopefully it was a different three. Yes, we all I, think I think so. I think we did. I think we got all I six. Never, so I never saw you in the same group I was in. Right, exactly. So... So I think we made it to all six. We'll get into uh, behind the scenes and, and chat with you about what the players had to say today, which was uh, a variety of things. So we're all, all over the place. Uh, it's very rare for us to get six players after it's, a practice. It's senior day on Saturday, right. so we got six seniors. Yeah. And a lot of it was senior day talk, right. I'll be honest. Yeah. A lot of that. Because at this point, they know that it's just a bowl game left, so there's a lot of that talk. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll get into all of that. Look ahead to West Virginia, which is a, a very interesting game. There's a lot. There's a lot of, of things that are confusing about this West Virginia team. Yes. Um, the thing that I don't think is all that confusing is they're not great. No. But they have some numbers that suggest that they might be a little bit better than the record indicates. Anyway, we'll get into all of that. Um, with that, we want to remind folks to subscribe to the Cowboy Sports Minute, the Oklahomans newsletter for all things Oklahoma State athletics. Go check that out at Oklahoman.com. And uh, enjoy all the uh, all the stuff fed directly to you through your email. Uh, we already talked about putting score predictions in the, in the comments. That's always something that I uh, that I have to remind myself to get to at this point as I uh, check my notes to make sure that I've gotten everything mm. that I need to get to. <laughs> and uh, and 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 I have. So let's uh, let's jump in. Last thoughts on Bedlam. We'll start. We'll start there. Ooh, last thoughts on Bedlam. Glad that's over. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, it's that was. I don't know we talked a lot about it the other day, and then I got lost in the parking lot talking about right, it. But yeah. uh, it's uh, I, I I was thinking today when I was writing on some stuff for pregame and about Spencer Sanders mm-hmm. and this. Um, it's his senior day on Saturday. Right. We don't know if he's coming back next Still season. Still has a COVID year. He's got that year. But I thought about his the last time he threw four interceptions against Baylor. Mm-hmm. You know he did the next game. <laughs> he only. Led them back from a huge deficit against Notre Dame right. in the Fiesta Bowl, and threw for almost 400 yards, four yep. touchdowns, ran for 125, mm-hmm. put on a clinic. Probably the best game of his career. It has to be the best game I of his so. career. 
considering the opponent, considering the stage, considering what they did to come back and win the game. So what's he going to do on Saturday? Right. I just, I mean, and that may not pertain too much to Bedlam, but I just think of Spencer and how he played in Saturday and how he can rebound from that. And right. that's, that's what stuck out in my mind. Yeah. A couple of things on Spencer. The first one being it's so, it's, it's so hard to really put in perspective the kind of day that he had because the four mm-hmm. interceptions are such a sore thumb. You know, obviously he has his history, even though he hadn't had a double digit or a, a, a multiple interception game all season. Yeah, no, it was what, five before that, right? Right. Yeah, so. all in five different games. So his uh, his uh, taking care of the ball aspect of his game had really improved. We got a lot of fun dogs here. Yeah, today. that's great. that's a good dog right this there. Really that's exciting. a good doggy. Right. Uh, <laughs> so he had really improved on that aspect of his game over the course of the season. The four interceptions just kind of there's some PTSD for fans yes and probably for Spencer himself so that's difficult he threw the ball 67 times a program record 67 times on a bum shoulder with a bad shoulder he's hardly practiced at all there were very a very minimal number of throws that I thought eh, he kind of missed there mm-hmm. you know there were there were a couple of deep throws that he, he overthrew some guys had some miscommunications with guys, one that, that led to an interception, uh, some different things like that. But for the most part, I thought he held up well mm-hmm. with, with the throws. And he got hit a bunch. He, he was under pressure a ton. And that was, that was, I think, really impactful in his decision-making, his, uh, you know, his ability to deliver the ball on time and on target. So... It's, it's just really hard to, to wrap your head around everything that he did and, and kind of try to understand, you know, I mean, this is still the most important guy on this team. Yes. Hands they, down. It's, it's, it's not close. And trying to, to make it all make sense is difficult, I think is what I'm getting at. Yeah. It was a, a very impressive and depressing day, I think, if you're an Oklahoma State fan. And, it's, yeah. and those two things just don't. Go together. They don't. They don't mesh. So, you talk about Spencer, and and Jenny Carlson, our our colleague and friend, asked this of Gundy yesterday. What his legacy is, mm-hmm. and he said, "Was a fighter." I think is what he said. Mm-hmm. Right. What is your legacy? What do you think his legacy is in your mind? Mm-hmm. Tough mf'er. Tough mf'er. I mean, that's yeah. uh, that's the thing that stands out more than anything when you look at. Um, you know the the offensive line has not been great during most of his career. He fought back from the turnover issues that he had early in his career that were that were devastating. A lot of guys don't dig out of that hole mm-hmm. when you go and turn the ball over five times and your team loses by ten points. You know, as a freshman, not everybody recovers that from that from a confidence standpoint. He did. Uh, I shouldn't even say recovers. I, I don't know that he ever wavered from a confidence yeah. perspective because that's how he is. So mentally, physically, he is just a tough dude. And, you know, yes, he's going to go down as, as the career leader in interceptions at Oklahoma State, but he's going to lead in a lot of other yeah. really meaningful positive. Or be positive. top three. Yeah. 
in, in a lot of meaningful, positive categories. And, you know, he's always going ha- to be a polarizing guy in terms of how fans view him. Though I think, I, I think the, uh, the detractors are a lot smaller. They're mm-hmm. just really vocal. Yeah. I think that group has, has really dwindled yeah. over the last two seasons. They're just really vocal, yeah. particularly on Twitter, which yeah. is sort of where they can exist. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's a whole different topic. I yeah, I think there is a uh, a really large portion of the fan base that that loves this guy for his toughness and and his leadership. And I, you know, uh, we'll see what happens if he comes back next year and and wants mm-hmm. to be a, a fifth year starter. You know, uh, you know, I look around. Uh, I look around the NFL and see some guys that are third teamers right now, and say, mm, "Yeah, Spencer might be better than that guy." Yeah. So, it's entirely possible that he wants to go and and take a shot and and go be a, a a third team guy and try to work his way up. Yeah. And become a guy in the NFL. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. The other thing I did want to bring up about Spencer, um, uh, this is not, I don't think, newsworthy, but. One person brought it up, so we'll go ahead and discuss it. Oh yeah, there was a there was a video of Sanders getting very heated on the sidelines after they had a they had a delay of game on a fourth down. Yeah, force into a punting situation. Force into a punting situation. I sort of feel like they weren't going to run a play in that situation. I think they were trying to draw them off sides. Mm-hmm. It was what, fourth and nine. I think you get to fourth and four. Maybe you go for it. If not, you punt, and that's what they obviously did. They end up punting. He comes off the field very heated. And uh, appears to tap a guy on the headset as he's, uh, you know, yeah. he's vocalizing his uh, his displeasure. Um, I mean, I heard from one, literally one person. Yes, I didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't know this video existed until today. Yes, that's exactly I heard from one person. Yeah. So I'm not saying this same is person. We both heard right. from the same person, yeah. and I did not know it existed either. No, um, I don't. I I watched the video multiple times. I don't see the the concern. I don't see it being a newsworthy item. No. So I feel bad that we're talking about it. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> yeah. So, but that said, that's who Spencer Sanders is. Yes. He is that guy that wants to win as much as anybody on the field. Yeah. At all times. That's what I was going to say. His legacy to me is how competitive he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it goes with fair. the toughness. Right. It goes with toughness because he's just, nothing's gone necessarily easy for him his entire right. career yeah and he's found a way to win mm-hmm. osu still wins games right and he's a huge reason why and so i think that's what stands out to me in his legacy right uh somebody was was asking me some questions the other day about uh, about the offense in general and i started thinking about how different this season looks if sanders doesn't have the shoulder issue and it's really interesting it, it absolutely does you know, I think, you know, TCU was the was the first one. You and I talked about it in the press box on that day that it seemed like he was losing some zip late in that yep. game. They make a couple of plays. It never gets to overtime. They win yeah. that game. Uh, you know, if he's healthy, I don't think Gundy panics about the health of the team. I think it changes the week yep. in preparation for Kansas State. I'm not saying they go and win that game. It could. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to. It's when somebody loses 48 to nothing and gets right. completely owned. It's hard to say. Oh, they would have won that game if right. Sanders yeah. had been healthy. Uh, you know, but it changes the week leading up to the game. Mm-hmm. Then you look at Garrett Rangel doesn't start at Kansas. Yeah. You, then you got Spencer at Kansas. I think they win that game. 
Yeah. Um, obviously, there was uh, they would have had to score some points because the defense was was dealing with some other issues that day. But I think they're capable of going and winning that game. Yeah. And and Bedlam, they had all the momentum for the last yeah. three quarters. They just couldn't finish. And you know, um, you know, I, I don't know how much his health impacts impacted yeah. things, but it certainly could have been a situation where they were in a better position to go win that game. Yeah. It changes the entire scope of the season if you think about him staying healthy. So, you know, and, and that's another thing that, that his detractors are going to point at, uh, the, the two negatives over his career, turnovers and, and injuries. Right. And he has, I think, overcome both um, pretty impressively. With this injury was done. a result of getting hit too much in right. the backfield. It wasn't right. him running. It was yeah. protection. Exactly. So I think that's – not his fault, right? So no. Um, you know, you feel bad for him that he's had to deal with this yeah. the way that he has uh, over this season, and obviously, the toughness that I that I talk about has has really shown in these moments as he's gone through you know weeks of not practicing or hardly practicing, coming off the bench at Iowa State, uh, just some really mm-hmm. incredible things that he's accomplished in his in his career. Despite despite all the roadblocks that he's had to had to deal with, so. All right, um, <laughs> look ahead to West Virginia. The anyway, anything, anything else about Bedlam? No, I think, cover, I think we covered it. I think talking about Spencer was was the key there. I think. I mean, right. You know, but yeah, on to West Virginia. This team averages. Well, first of all, so I went to look up some of their stats. Mm-hmm. Ninth in the league in scoring. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of crappy. But they're still averaging 31 a game. They're still yeah. top 50 nationally in scoring. Yeah. They just happen to be number nine in the Big 12. That's the Big 12 for you. Right. Exactly. That's what you're dealing with in this conference. So they're not inept. This is not the Iowa State offense that's no. coming to town this week. But it's still not a, not a great offense. It's not, it's not an offense that necessarily scares you a bunch. Right. But they're capable of putting up some points. You know, defense, they're, uh, they're not great against the pass, a little bit better against the run. But at the same time, it's hard to know exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at some of their games, and they've, they've done really well. I mean, you know, they gave up over 200 rushing yards to Eric Gray, but only give up 20 points to yeah. be, and, and beat OU. So they're, just, they're all over the place. They are. And from what I heard today, it sounds like Neil Brown's kind of accepted a fate for mm-hmm. him right from what i've heard from the way he talked today i didn't see it or hear it but yeah some people were telling me that he kind of talked like he's accepted this fade for right. after saturday yeah so which is listen with the 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 way things are trending with getting rid of coaches earlier now mm-hmm. it's you, there's something to be said for west virginia playing this out to the yeah. end because what was it we were three four weeks into the season and coaches were getting canned already. Yeah. And we so, thought Neil Brown was going to be done then. Right. He, he was at the top of the list among Big 12 teams that were – or mm-hmm. Big 12 coaches that were on the chopping block. Felt like that was going to be the direction that they went. And so, um, you know, I still yet to be seen how much it benefits you to make that move early mm-hmm. right now. Obviously, you know, signing day is is what, four weeks away, something four and a half weeks away right now. So it hasn't. I mean, I don't feel like it's benefited these teams too much. No one's hired any coaches. Right. Exactly. This isn't like last year. Yeah. When, when teams were actually making hires. Yeah. No one's hired any coaches. Right. I mean, right. Auburn, Nebraska, they're all still looking for yeah. coaches. 
So what is this? I mean, what do they accomplish other than spending more money for a buyout, maybe or something? I like I don't, I don't get it. Like, but no. anyways, that's a whole different podcast, I think. Right. But exactly, this West Virginia team, I don't know. I don't get it. They're really good on fourth down. They are. They're incredibly good on fourth down. You know, I mean, seventy percent. It's insane. It is nuts. But OSU's fifty-fifty on fourth down defensively, mm-hmm. which I thought was. <laughs> that <bad laughs> interesting stat. I mean, right. You've got a 50-50 chance against them, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's um, – but then they're 27% conversion on third down. Right. Still one of the best teams in Number the country. Number nine in the country. And if you – I think maybe higher. Back, they, might, they might be this Maybe week. four. I think nine for West Virginia's fourth down, four mm-hmm. for OSU's third down. I think and if you go is. back over the last three years, they're going to be, I think, probably even higher than that. Mm-hmm. Over with what they've done because you go back to Jim Knowles next to last year that was one of the first yep. things that they started doing really well I think that was the year they actually led the country yeah. in third down they were really good last year been really good this year which has been a fascinating thing to see with some of the other struggles that they've had yeah they've maintained that that ability to get off the field in those situations or at least get to fourth down and then it's a coin flip for the offense but yeah that's uh, that's been impressive for them to maintain that despite the other struggles that they're facing because obviously the last two years, the previous two years, the defensive front, their ability to rush the passer was a big impact on that. And yeah. that's been a little bit minimized this year. But they've still been able to uh, to force those fail, failed third downs. Pretty interesting. I, I, got, I got sidetracked thinking about the, um, the pass rush. And so I guess we'll go into uh, to talking about what players had to say today. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, I visited with Ben Kapinski. Yeah? He's a guy who uh, was, you know, you know, Tyler Lacey was one of the guys moving inside, mm-hmm. uh, particularly on third down pass rush situations. Now they're using Nathan, Nathan Latou and Ben Kapinski in those situations. Very different thing for him. He did point out he played nose guard in high school, so it's not completely no, new to him. Yeah. But it's a lot different type of guy on the other side right, of the ball. Right, yeah. Uh, so it wasn't a, a, a completely new feeling, just a lot bigger challenge. He's enjoying the that challenge, and uh, and appreciating the opportunity. Latu is a guy who has has stepped up well in in that scenario, not only there but just in in helping fill the void of Tyler Lacey. Yeah, uh, you know he and and Cody Walterscheid have been have been really solid in that they're not Tyler Lacey, and nobody is expecting them to be, but they're holding up really well. I think that's one of the things that, that gives Oklahoma State a chance this week is I, I think that they can find a way, like they did against Iowa State, to get back to pressuring the quarterback again. I think that's a, a really important factor in, in this game as they, uh, as they go forward. So, uh, Who were the three that you got to talk to? Uh, I started with Braden Cassidy. Right. Um, Hulk Hogan, as I call him. Right. He looks like he's got it. He's got Hulkamania in his blood. You you bleach that, it's big time scary. Yes, yes. He's got the the hunt handlebar right. mustache oh, thing yeah. going on. He even took a shirt off for a while and did some interviews. And I was like, man, you are going full Hulk Hogan. If he'd have ripped right. his jersey off, oh, I would have just totally been like, oh yeah, oh man, all right, Give what you what, you, what you gonna do? You know, like right. <laughs> you ask a question. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that'd have been great, you know. And <laughs> yeah. So, so I, he was he was good. We talked um, senior day a little bit. You know, it's creeping up on him. He's kind mm-hmm. of surprised, and um, he has not decided if he's going to take his super senior season yet. Right. Um, he said he would like to, but he has not made that a final decision. So, um, maybe some other things are factoring into that. But then, talk to me about how the cowboy backs were used 
mm-hmm. Saturday, and they got receptions. He had a couple. Right. Rashad Owens had a couple. Quentin Stewart had his first career catch right. for a touchdown. Um, and funny enough, Brayton said there, they, that someone got a photo of them with um, Schultz, Cassidy, and Stewart all celebrating in the back of the end zone. Yeah. And he's going to frame it and put it on his wall. He's like, it's going to be on my wall forever. Oh, that's He's awesome. like, it's one of the coolest moments. Him getting his first catch, first touchdown. Right. All that. He said it was just really cool, special, but you know, they felt really a lot of pride that they got used and utilized so much in that game. Yeah. And um, it feels it feels like a little bit of a broken record to, to step up here and say this team has failed with their tight ends in recent years. Yes. But I think it's also fair. Yes. As a as a Colts fan who is enjoying watching Jelani Woods yeah. catch touchdowns. That guy was underutilized. Uh, yeah, State. he's still open. He, yeah, he is. He absolutely is. Um, and there's you know, also a time. I'm going to point out there was a time earlier in, in Bedlam that I thought Spencer missed a throw to someone, or the play, mm-hmm. or it's dropped, or something, or he maybe ran. I don't remember. Anyways, and I pointed out to you. I said Rashad Owens wide open right. on that play, and he did yeah. not look at Rashad's way. Yeah, that's the issue. They yeah. don't look at the tight ends. <laughs> yeah, and Owens. Has been has been kind of a, uh, a a mind-boggling piece of this because he's obviously a receiver. Yeah, they moved to that position. You assumed strictly to have a better receiving yeah. threat, and they didn't throw to him. No, I mean he's he's probably going on six games at as a as a tight end. They haven't hadn't looked his way until until Saturday. Yeah, they had they had guys running post routes that you would not think be running post routes, and, yeah. and Rashad Owens blocking in the same right. game. And it was like, what are we doing? Yeah. But and that's that's a whole different topic. But, yeah, yeah, Brayden was really happy with how things have turned out. That's good. Uh, on the topic of COVID years, Ben Kapinski, also not positive. You know, we talked to him earlier this year. He said he wasn't coming back. He was, he was, uh, he was done. I wrote it in the story. Exactly. He's going to make me a liar. Right. He has not made up his mind yet. Benjamin so. Kapinski. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, still up in the air. Okay. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, you know, you bring it bring back a guy like that and, and maybe he's not a maybe he's not a fifty five play a game type of guy. No, but he's an but important he's, part he's, of the he's, game. He's a guy, guy that can that can make an impact. So that would be that would be important when you assume well you know Brock Martin's gone, Brendan Evers yeah. already gone, Tyler Lacey most likely gone, right. I think. Um, fairly certain. You can keep around a guy like that. You don't know the health of Trace Ford, right? Forward. Obviously, he's he's dealing with with health issues. So you can keep around a guy like that that's got some experience and and can do some different things. That could be could be really valuable. So um, Sion yeah. Yassi, another guy that, that that's definitely yeah. gone off of this defensive line. Yeah. Defensive line is going to look a lot different next year. Yeah, and I talked to Sione today. You did. That's where I was. Uh, I love talking to, to Sione. He's very excited over his last game. He's so much fun. I, he, I he's really, a blast. I'm sad that I didn't yeah, make it over. He's a blast. Visit. He talked about he. If someone asked him if he well, when he's done, if he if what he wants to do next, even if he if he doesn't make the NFL, like what what does Sione Asi plan to do? He said, "I don't know. I haven't found myself yet." And I thought, "You're 26 <laughs> with a wife and two kids. You haven't two found kids. yourself yet. All right, two all right, kids. man. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> right? okay, cool. And uh, so." But he said he wants to live in the Midwest. He wants to say he wants to stay around here instead of going back to to uh, Nevada, interesting, um, or Utah. He said, you know, he was he's from Reno. And his family's right. in Salt Lake City now. Yeah. But he said he said I'd be too comfortable if I went back and lived by my immediate family. <laughs> he said I would just drop the kids off with them. I would eat food with my moms all the time. Be too too comfortable. So he's probably gonna stay around here or Texas or something like that. Um, thought that was pretty interesting. Um, he did say he didn't think about this, so I brought it up. I said, what's it gonna mean? 
to have your wife and your two daughters on the field with you Saturday. He's like, I hadn't even thought about that. Ah. See, that's going to mean a lot. Like, that's going to be really good. And it's going to be his youngest daughter's first game. Oh, And fun. so, yeah. So, like, it's really cool. Like, I'm excited, I'm excited for Sione. Um, yeah. He did say something. I didn't talk too much football with him. I walked up when he was talking some football. And he did say something interesting I hadn't quite heard before. I don't know if you've heard this. He said, we're going to make mistakes, but we want to make new mistakes. Oh, yeah. That's a Derek Mason line. I Is that a Derek heard, Mason line? That. He said yes. it was a Mason line. Yes. And I don't know that I've heard that. Yeah. I don't know how I've missed it with Derek Mason this season. Right. But new mistakes. And I... Is that strange? It took me a minute the first time I heard it. I'm still wrapping my head around the idea that you still want to make new mistakes. Right. Don't you want to make no mistakes? You do. (laughs) But then uh, I think think the aspect is if you say you want to make no mistakes, you're, you're chasing something that's impossible. Okay. That's fair. So... You just don't want to make the same mistakes. Yeah. If you make the same mistakes, you're just a knucklehead. Right. And can't figure out right. not to And that's uh, kind of what Sioni said about that. But, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But so. I just – I still – I think I'm just struggling to wrap my head around it. Right. Um, so it has to do with just yeah. accepting that you're not perfect. Yeah. Okay. You know? So also, I like it myself. Also, being not perfect, the guy just walked by – in a Santa Cruz, California hoodie. Ooh, That's hey. where we went in California this summer, not Monterey. No idea why I said Monterey. Santa Cruz <laughs> is where we went. Long, <laughs> long few weeks, everybody. It's a, it's a good thing that guy walked <laughs> by. He did walk by. I've got to get that corrected now I'm thinking about it. Incorrect information floating yes. around in, in, yes. in the There ether. is a Saison beer brewery there <laughs> called Sarah's, and it's awesome. Sarah's Saison's. Yes. Ooh. Something like that. That's, that's, that's fun to say. Yeah. All right. Um, you also visited with... Matt Hembro. Matt Hembro. My was, first time visiting got, Matt Hembro. Um, you know, we've talked to Tom Hutton uh, once earlier this year. Today was special teams day. We got Matt Hembro and Tanner Brown. I got to talk with Tanner. Uh, I'll share two, a little bit of that. Two of, of the it. three national award semifinalists on That's this exactly team. Exactly right. They're both up for their respective positions semi uh, yes. award, and then Jason Taylor is a semifinalist yep. for the Thorpe Award. That's exactly right. Which I'm curious if he'll get a finalist. He might. I haven't looked at the numbers on those guys. I yet. haven't looked either, but he could, just based on some things. But I yeah. don't have my hopes up either. Right. I mean, obviously, five picks is really big. Yeah. Um, Bunch of know, tackles. Eighty-two tackles, eighty-three tackles, something like that yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, he's got a he's got a chance. And I, th- but, I th- but anyways, on on Hembro, Hembro and what? Tanner Brown, like they need to be finalists. But anyways, well, I'll uh, I'll break down. I'm I'm voting on the Lou Groza. Oh, that's I right. I haven't cast my vote yet, but I have studied. Okay, everything. perfect. So, I have not studied these. I'm just saying mm-hmm. from what I've seen. Right. And I, I don't know how to judge a long snapper, but apparently right. Matt Hembro's really, really damn good at his job. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just go with that's mm-hmm. make him a finalist. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm all for that. But listen, anyways, I, I've never seen a bad snap from him. Exactly. I cannot remember one. I cannot remember one either. I don't think anyone around there can. No. Um, but he that's, was, what, that's what Tanner Brown pointed out because I said – You've dealt with long snappers. He played at JUCO. He played at yeah. UNLV. Now two years at, at OSU. So what's different about this guy? He says consistency and his speed. Yeah. He said both are off the charts. Huh. Okay. He, Hembro was a delight. Seemed that way. He was great. Um, he talked about he's from a call. He's from a football family. His dad played college football. I th- when you look at his profile, I didn't get all these details from him. He's had. Other people in his family play college football at big time levels. Some play one, I think one won a national championship in Miami. One like 
I think someone played in the NFL. He's had all these football connections. So he's like, I was going to play football. So I played all these different positions. He said, then I was undersized, and I just started snapping the ball. And he said, I start realizing maybe this is what I could do to find a place. And he said, then I start growing, and when I've already got this thing, I can do really well. Right. And so he stuck with it. He's like, I take this incredibly seriously. This is my life. Mm-hmm. And he talked about that and his dedication and just um, about how much he's enjoyed this too. And working with, he talked about working with Tom Hutton as his holder and, and, and now Logan Ward and just all these changes. It was a lot of fun, really, like for a guy that we don't ever really get to talk to and get to know. But um, he, was, he was a joy to, to talk to. The most interesting thing that I learned about him tonight, and I don't know if this was brought up during your conversation with him because I only got to hear a little bit of it, but when I was talking to Tanner Brown about him, Tanner Brown is the backup holder. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, you know, once, uh, you know, it was Tom Hutton and Logan Ward. Then when Tom got hurt, Logan Ward moved mm-hmm. first team, Tanner to the second team. So he's now holding for Alex Hale when, they, when, when he kicks. Matt Hembro, a lefty. So the ball spins reverse to, uh, to what he was used to. He I did not know that. To, right, exactly. Fascinating stuff. So he had to get used to the ball spinning the other way when he – is uh, is catching to hold for uh, for Alex Hale's placement kick. It never it never in a million years probably would have crossed my mind to ask Kimbro right if he's right or left-handed no. and about the spin of the football. No. Never would have thought. These that. are things that go way above my head. Right? It's fascinating stuff. I that that is mind-blowing. That's yeah. crazy. It is. It is. A lot of fun. So no wonder he and Tom got along so well. Right, exactly. They're both lefties. They're both lefties. Both, uh, Everything's right in the world to them. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. I really enjoy when we get the opportunities to talk to the specialists because, one, we don't get to do it very often. Right. And, two, they always have unique perspectives about things because they see they see the game differently. Yes. And, three, they just always seem to be interesting dudes. And I really enjoy yeah. getting to get to know them. How is Tanner Brown? Can't give you all the details about right. Tanner Brown. He was really good. I got a big story on Tanner Brown. I've I've spoken to his parents, I've spoken to him uh, a couple of times now for this for this story that I'm Friday's on. edition. Everybody, that's right. Friday pregame, but uh, a lot of fun. He talked about his journey here, which is just it's it's wild. He came out of high school, decided very late in his high school career that he wanted to be a kicker rather than a soccer player. He had played flag football one year when he was five years old. Played soccer the rest of his life until his sophomore year. His soccer coach was also a football coach. Said, "Hey, why don't you come kick for the JV?" As a, his sophomore his sophomore year, starts kicking, falls in love. Gets to his senior year, everybody thought he was going to be a soccer player because he was really good. And in May, comes to his parents and say, hey, "I want to go play football." And they have a uh, they had a. a Junior college nearby, College of the Canyons. He's from from California, and goes there. Has two really good years. Gets a shot at, at UNLV. Goes there. Has some. Uh, he's a, he's able to punt and do kickoffs, but he was the best holder, and the kick the the other field goal kicker was pretty solid. So they went with him as the holder. So he didn't get to do kickoff. Didn't get to do field goals hmm. the entire year at UNLV. It gets it to the end of that year, decides it's not for him, moves home. He's, he enrolls back, taking some more classes at his junior college. He's working a, a, a real job. Mm. Also driving two hours three times a week down to Carlsbad, California, to go kick at the John Carney 
uh, facility. John Carney, the former NFL guy, right. has a facility in Carlsbad. He would go down there and kick. He was kicking with other guys that guys that are NFL free agents, guys that uh, the the kicker at USC and and another one that he, that he mentioned that's uh, another D one guy that he was kicking with. He would go videotape himself on his phone, DM any you know special teams coach, head coach, whoever he could find mm-hmm. on Twitter. MK Taylor gets one of these messages that hey, we need a kickoff guy. Would you be interested in coming? And he comes here as a walk-on, as a walk-on, thinking he's going to be the kickoff guy. Yeah, Alex Hale just had a really good year, even though he had torn his ACL. Yeah. So there was no idea that he was going to need to be the field goal guy, but then it obviously worked out the way that it did. Thirty-six of forty-one since then. He's missed he's really five good. field goals. It's ridiculous. He's good. really he's good. Only missed once this year. It's and like you said, semifinalist for for the Groza. I'll say this. I've I've narrowed it to six guys. I I, I how many are on the semifinals? Twenty. Twenty. Okay. I've narrowed it to six. You gotta have. I gotta have it down to three. Okay. I, I think mon- next Monday is my deadline, and and Tanner Brown is is among the six. Okay. There are two guys that I'm pretty well convinced have to be on my finalist list. So I, and and Tanner's not one of them. He's in the other four battling for that last spot. I don't know what I'm gonna do because you're you're literally. I've never had to, you know, to to be this picky in in looking at trying to to decipher. You're like, all of a sudden, okay, the guy from Buffalo, he missed an extra point. Well, was it a bad snap? Now I'm like, can I go on YouTube and yeah, find can I and find, find this Buffalo yeah. to find out what happened on the missed extra point that he had? You yeah, know, all these all these weird things. And Tanner's numbers stack up against just about everybody, with the exception of 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 two guys. The guy the guy at Stanford, Joshua Cardi. He's 16 for 16 on the year, 12 of those over 40 yards. Ooh, it's okay. pretty ridiculous. He made That's a 61-yarder. Really and so right now he's penciled in as my number one guy right now. Yeah. NC State kicker, also very good. Uh, very good from, from long, a lot, of, a lot of long-range kicks as well, which is, you know, that's, I mean, that's part of this is just opportunity. Yeah. Tanner yeah. has only been asked to kick one kick over 50 yards. That's true. It was in the most – Difficult situation, maybe of the season for a field goal in overtime at TCU. Oh yeah, that's right. I was like forgetting. I was like, right. where I, I know this one, but right. yes, he hits it from fifty-two. He's perfect on PATs. Uh, you know, he's he has one miss, and it's been over. It was over forty yards. Perfect on everything else. So his numbers are are right there, and it's. I'm not and, looking forward to. Wasn't the miss? Wasn't there like? What was the circumstances there? There was a circumstance I feel like in the miss he had. Wasn't it a bad situation or I do I do not I remember, remember there now. being anything Maybe I'm unique thinking about that up in my head, but I feel like there was something there. Yeah, but I don't remember anything unique about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. But, um, it's been a long season. Yeah, it has. It has. Uh, but 19 of 20 is really uh, really impressive like I said he hit his only the only time he was asked to go beyond 50, he hit it. And and in the most clutch situation, so he's he's right there. Mm-hmm. I just got to figure out a way to to narrow those last four down to to one and decide who I'm gonna. I guess you got to wait on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I, I am waiting on yeah. Saturday. That's um, that's the way you got to do there. And you talked yeah. to uh, Braden Johnson as well. I did. A lot of fun. I always enjoy Braden because yeah. he has become a very deep thinker. Okay. He wasn't always that way early in his career. He's always good to talk to. But mm-hmm. his missing last season has has changed his perspective on football and life in in a lot of ways, and he's very 
appreciative of opportunities that he's granted. And he understands, you know, what he has been been given, getting this extra year and getting to come back and, you know, now to have a chance and maybe go try to, to make a, an NFL roster somewhere. Um, you know, he got asked when, when football is all done, where, wherever that ends, what's, what's next? So he's um, very much into, uh, into music and he loves traveling. So he's hmm. trying to find a way to, to blend those two passions together. Okay. Uh, I don't remember the exact context that he used this phrase, but uh, he's very important to him to spread the love. Spread and the love. Yeah. So that's uh, that's going to be a focus of, yeah. of whatever is next for Braden. Interesting. So okay. Well, that's good. And it was really impressive to see him last week come back and have the Yeah, league. he had it a felt, great game. It felt like he might have kind of uh, kind of disappeared on this team. Uh, obviously, he'd been injured. That's why no. he, you know he wasn't front of mind. But he had a really big week last week when they really needed him. Now Jaden Bray is injured. Again. Again. Um, same injury he's been, been dealing with. Uh, going to be out for the season. He, you know, he tried to tried to kind of fight through, and obviously didn't uh, didn't work out. But fortunately for him, he's got that redshirt year available. Yeah. So he comes back next year as a sophomore. But that thins out an already thin outside receiver group. You know, um, Stephon Johnson Jr. didn't play last week. We he was seen, hurt. We haven't seen Talon Shetron in a few weeks. You know, which I I don't know if that's injury related. Nobody has said. He had the, he he got popped in the head. He yeah, had that. We we're pretty sure it might have been Texas, concussion. maybe Texas. Yeah, maybe? yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So, so so you know they've been asking a lot more of guys like Langston Anderson, uh, you know guys like that that are uh, they're going to be important. I think this week Langston could see a lot of snaps. Yeah. I think this week so big week for him. I talked to Braden about that and um, you know he's been really impressed with the way that that Langston has fought back from injuries. So. Um, obviously, a, a really, really cool mm-hmm. story for Langston Anderson. So, all right, is that everybody? Yeah, I think that's, that's everybody. everybody. That's yeah. everybody. We got right. through it. All right, we Good skipped deal. this last week, so we got to do everybody. Yeah. All right, I do believe it's time for the Stone Cloud Six. Pack. The Stone Cloud Six Pack, everybody. This, Here we go. This has become like the crown jewel of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, like a, a rare gem. I kind of knew it would. Like, a, yeah. I don't want to say it's a diamond, but maybe a sapphire. Say, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. That's I, fair. It's kind of in that in, yeah. that in that range. Uh, let's uh, let's start with the. Oh wait, wait, we got it really quick. We forgot football, uh, bowl stuff, bowl stuff. Give me oh. liberty or give me Cheez-Its, which is uh, obviously was just a joke when I made it up. Uh, <laughs> but it might ago, be but reality. It really feels kind of realistic <laughs> this week. Yeah, I think the Alamo Bowl still in the mix. I was surprised. I didn't think it was as much in the mix until I went and, and looked at all the uh, the national prognostications. Still a in the lot, mix. A lot of national people think that OSU ends up at the Alamo Bowl. And I think a big part of that is the fact that Texas has been there two of the last three years. Yes. And, you know, if you look at where things are most likely going to end in terms of standings, Texas is going to be above OSU. But if the Alamo Bowl doesn't really want to bring them back for the third time in four years, maybe they skip them. But why wouldn't they? Well, no. It, you, it makes you know how much of a sense. draw they can have? I mean, right. they're right down the road from Austin. Yeah. So. And. Texas, even even if some of their fans are frustrated, they're still going to travel. Yeah. So over to San Antonio for. I still think it's going to be. I think the Cheez It Bowl. That's where that's where I'm leaning. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's where uh, I really think this team falls. Because I just think I don't think the Liberty is going to pass up the idea of Texas against a Pac-12 team. Or not the Liberty. Sorry, the 
Alamo. Okay, yeah, I got, I got lost there. Alamo, yeah, sorry. Yeah, right, yeah. Whatever, Liberty of Cheez-Its is what I'm right. thinking, but yeah. Alamo uh-huh. Bowl. I don't think they're going to pass up yeah. Texas against yeah. a Pac-12 team. And the, the, the weird thing is if OSU doesn't land at one of those two bowls, that's where I think the Liberty Bowl comes into play. Yeah. Because I think if given the opportunity, I think the Texas Bowl would really like to grab OU. Yeah. And so I think they might skip down the standings to get OU because they've never had them before. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Alamo Bowl just had them. Jesus Liberty's Bowl never had them either, though. But the Texas Bowl's got the first pick. That's true. That's so true. So they would get the uh, the opportunity yeah. there. And then that's when Oklahoma State, I think, lands in, in Memphis at the Liberty Bowl. So, all right. Well, with that, let's, uh, let's go ahead and crack the top on the Stone Cloud six-pack. The first three, of course, are football-related. Over or under 24.5 receiving yards for John Paul Richardson. And I'll tell you why I came up with 24.5. See, I didn't do my homework again. Right, so here we course. go. Yeah. I uh, I and I knew this. I texted to you last night <laughs> yeah. and said for you to ignore. Yeah, yeah. And I sent you a, a, a nice yeah uh, nice gif of ignoring yes. it. Yes, you did. Um, Twenty four point five. The reason that's important. He is at four hundred seventy five receiving yards for the season. So oh, and he's get to five hundred. Twenty five will get him to five hundred. They'll give him four guys over five hundred yards receiving this season. I think he gets it. Pretty impressive. I think he gets it. I think so too. He's averaging uh, he's averaging a little over forty a game. I think he gets it, and I think he's gonna have one of those long runs after a catch. Ooh, yeah, uh, that'd be fun. So I like that. He might get it on one play. Yeah, come on through, sir. You're good. I think it's it's definitely possible <laughs> that uh, that he gets there. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Scott's being really polite here. Moving on, <laughs> moving on. Over. Or under 50% on fourth down for West Virginia. As we talked about, they are at a 70% clip converting. Mm. OSU giving up half of their uh, conversions, 14 of 28. Under. Going under? We're going under. I think the Cowboy defense. I think the Cowboy defense steps up. It's their last home game this season. Right. right. A lot of seniors on that group. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be really motivated. Yeah. And and to preview my prediction in the paper, I mean, I picked OSU, but my prediction for the headline that we always pick mm-hmm. has to do with Brock Martin. So right. I think Brock Martin's going to have a big impact in this game. Yeah, I can see that. He seems like a guy that um, – I'm not saying that he's ever lacking motivation, mm-hmm. but I can see him being a little bit emotionally yeah. charged. Yeah, and I think he's going like to body slam someone maybe. He might go predator style and hold someone's head up after a sack. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, right. I mean, it's, it's Brock Martin. He's He's – Quick, quick, An side, quick side uh, tangent here. Where where does the scare sack at Baylor rank among your uh, your favorite moments of the season? Ooh, it's got to be pretty high. It's really high. The best For the part. For people that don't remember, yeah. at Baylor, he's he's in position to get a sack. It's the fourth quarter. And, 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 and uh, Blake, Shapen Blake Shapen just crumbles. Just falls to <laughs> the ground. And Brock, Brock literally was furious about was. this. Yeah. He stood over him, and I know he said some stuff to him that is not repeatable. For a family podcast, exactly. Um, so that's that is high ranking in my moments this season right. because I got to ask Brock about it later, mm-hmm. and it made me laugh. And yeah. so that's and I called Way it the scare sack at the time. I was yeah. like, he just scared him into a sack. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my god! Like yeah. he literally just saw Brock Martin, and he made a business decision. Yeah, he absolutely. He, did. he just was like, oh, I'm good. I don't, uh-huh. Brock's going to kill me, and yeah. and Brock really wanted to kill him. So yes, he did before right. and after. Yeah. Yeah, he was still angry after that. Yeah. All right, last uh, one of the football questions. Over or under 2.5 field goals for Tanner Brown. He's been averaging uh, 1.9 a game. Random stats that I know because I'm voting for the Lugroso <laughs> Award. 
Um, over. I'm going over as well. I think they're going to score a lot this week, but I think they're going to move the ball well and get him in position too. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be much touchdowns. I think they're just going to get in position to score yeah. a lot. I, um, I'm predicting 30 points yeah. on Saturday, which is three touchdowns. I three think I did goals, 34-24 so. maybe? Yeah. yeah. So uh, so you're actually predicting two field goals, but that's okay. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's a way to get to that. You get, to, you get to 34 with multiple field goals. Yeah. All right, moving on um, to the uh, to the non-football half of the Stone Cloud Six Pack. I I, I I promise I'd had this typed in before the conversation came up with Mike Gundy yesterday. Right? Yeah. Because I knew we talked about this. The before. conversation was going to come up. The draft today, Thanksgiving side dishes. I like I said, this has been a topic. There's always a new guy in the media. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving is uh, is, uh, is it's still Thanksgiving, here. everybody. Exactly. We're gonna move that little Christmas tree. Move the Christmas tree to the back. Every year, something Thanksgiving related comes up from somebody who's yeah. never asked it before, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. It's all good. But you just know you know what Mike Gunny's answer is going to be, and that's going to be to talk about side dishes. Not a hammer turkey guy. Are you hammer turkey? I'm a more ham, but okay. I like dark meat on the turkey. Okay, give me the dark meat more than I'm, anything, but yeah, I will eat all of it. Yeah, I'm not that picky. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of ham in any form. Okay, uh, I'm all as, as long all as the time. turkey's not dry. Yeah, there's ways around that. I can I can survive. Yeah, I can throw some gravy on it. But that said, I still fall more in the Mike Gundy camp. Of I do too. Much preferring sides. the sides. Yes. So load me up on the sides. With that, let's begin the draft. Whose turn is it to go first? I have no idea. But then I'm going first. All right, go for it. And I am uh, am I, I, I now Mike Gundy mentioned. Several casseroles yesterday. You're right. Okay. I don't know if he mentioned this one or not. I would have to go back to the tape to uh, to find out for sure. You're gonna take mine, aren't you? Corn casserole. Nope. Okay. okay good. Whew. All right. I was getting nervous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm going. I'm going corn casserole. Got some. Uh, uh, you know, some some cream corn in there. Got to have some cheese on it. Fantastic stuff. Uh, you know, got some uh, some cornbread mixed in as well. Can be really good. I'm a big fan of corn casserole. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I had a lot of corn casserole. I've had mm-hmm. uh, my sister-in-law makes a really good corn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure exactly what all is in it, but it's really right. good. Um, my number one pick, my wife's, it's really grown on me. Really my favorite thing is she makes Thanksgiving, her broccoli cheese casserole. Ooh, that's strong. And it's fantastic. She When I called her earlier today, she was making it already. It's cheese whiz, fresh broccoli, mushrooms, onions cooked, all this stuff. It's so, so good. She makes it for both my mom's and her family's. So I get it twice on Thanksgiving. Ooh, that's big. And then leftovers. Right. It's fantastic. And I knew this was coming, and I told her, I said, I'm going to pick this. And it's not a homer pick. It's not just because she makes it. I legitimately love this dish. Yeah. Now, so now is your is your family so like you're at the end of the at the end of the day? It's time to start divvying up the uh, the leftovers. Mm-hmm. Your family, everybody getting a plate. And, yeah. And so you, you're kind of keeping an eye on them, the uh, the broccoli cheese. I am, a little bit, yeah. And, yeah. and, like, we'll take the dish home. So I'm like, just leave whatever is left in right. there, and yeah. we'll just take the uh-huh. dish. Yeah. You know, and, and stuff. But, yeah, there's little we get little gallon bags, and we start divvying mm-hmm. up stuff. Right. And, yeah. and yeah, that's, yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, my number two pick. I'm going very plain here, but I'm a big fan of stuffing. Okay, I really. I was debating stuffing. that. My mom's yeah. stuffing's fantastic. And now I, I, I can get a little bit picky about it. Yeah. at times it needs to be needs to be done well, 
uh, but I've been lucky uh, throughout my family that it's always done well. And so I am a huge fan of, of stuffing. Okay. Is anyone going to pick green bean casserole on this? Because I'm not. I like green bean I'm casserole, but I'm not going to pick it. Eddie Radosevich might come after us. He might. That's possible. I'm uh, not saying I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's fine. But I'm just saying. I'm not touching green bean casserole. But I'm not either. It's fine. I'll eat it. It's fine. I'm not eating it. I do not. Oh, really? Okay. Green, green beans. I got a, got a weird thing with green beans. That's fair. Can't, can't do green beans. That's fair. Um, it, it's going to be very, very basic here. Actually, you know what? No, I'm not doing that. It's too easy to pick mashed potatoes and gravy. Is it? I mean, you don't have to because it might be on my list. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm going to – I always uh, – I'm picking mashed potatoes and gravy. I'm okay. picking it. Okay. Yeah. I was debating something else, but I'm still not going to mm-hmm. pick the other thing. I'm mashed potatoes and gravy. I know you can have that year-round with all right. kinds of things, but you just put it on there in Thanksgiving setting – and then the gravy starts bleeding into everything else. Mm-hmm. You start mixing some things. It's just the perfect side dish because you can scoop it up and you've got broccoli cheese a little bit and some mashed potatoes right. and gravy right. or some turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy mm-hmm. or ham. It's all in one bite. It's it's the it's the bulk of the side dishes to me. It's it's the glue. Yes. It's the glue guy. Yes. It holds it all yes. together. That's it the glue guy. Is. Absolutely. You're yeah. right. Because like if you don't have corn casserole, you just got regular corn. You get some yeah, of that in there. Exactly. Oh. Yes can't beat it yes it's it's absolutely um probably if we just did a, a, a straight food draft it might make my top three absolutely yeah yeah it's big time it's, it's uh, the versatility is yeah is magnificent all right well that i i should have talked you off the ledge because i was yeah. gonna pick, make it my third pick but with that said uh i'm gonna go a little bit more off uh, a little bit more off the board and this is a little bit more of a specialty uh, that, that that we get with my family, hash brown casserole. Oh, I love a hash brown casserole. Yeah. That's good. It's big time good. You get. Uh, I don't. I don't know how they do it in in, in your family, but uh, my family does uh, cornflakes. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Big time good. You get that yeah. mixed in with the cheese and the and the, the hash brown bits. Fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, it's it probably should have been my number two pick. Honestly, the, that and corn casserole are the two things that I'm looking for immediately yeah. as soon as as soon as we uh, we get plates and and head yeah. for the line. So, well, I actually saved what probably would have been my normal number one pick my entire life. Ooh, yeah, for hold my third up, pick because I knew it was going to be a little there. bit of drama. I like it. Cranberry sauce. Oh, and I'm not going that homemade garbage. Uh-huh, right. Give me straight out of the can. Out of the can. Ocean still got spray. the lines it's on the still side. Got the lines on it. You cut it funky. <laughs> Just give it to me that way. All right. It's the best. I've loved it since I was a kid. Uh-huh. And if I don't get that at least one time on Thanksgiving, it's not Thanksgiving to me. Mm-hmm. I've got to have that cranberry sauce. Right. So that's my third pick because I just I can't complain. I love that thing. And my wife makes fun of me. She's like, it's really just nothing and not that good. I'm like, I don't care. I love it. Right. My mom usually sends me home with whatever's left of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like it's like divvy that up no i just get it all right and i eat it all too i don't hesitate i'll eat it just as a little snack mm-hmm. after thanksgiving it's the only time of the year i eat it right i love the stuff yeah but yeah it's cranberry sauce is my third pick no no complaints no complaints there yeah. i remember the first time i i saw it out of the can yeah i was very confused my grandma had already cut it up before we got there oh yeah and, like laid it out on this plate oh yeah, yeah. All the little circular slices yeah straight. i was like what in the world is that yeah I remember the first time I had it when it wasn't out of the can, mm-hmm. and I thought, what are we doing? This is stupid. <laughs> this is not good. Mm-hmm. This is not what I want. And now I've had some, some that I'm like, okay, this is fine, but I'm still going to go over here and get the can. Right. So I'm, 
I'm sticking yeah. with that. I also debated deviled eggs. I uh, I I respect the uh, the appreciation that people yeah. have for them. I'm not a fan. Really, I love them. If they're yeah. really good, I love deviled yeah. eggs. That was my debate over mashed potatoes and gravy. I was like, ooh, mm. but yeah, I'm glad I chose what I did. Yeah, do you have any uh, any family uh, in the, within your 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 family bubble that that goes alternative for uh, either Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner? Well, so a lot of times we're not doing it this year for Ashley's family, but my wife's family a lot of times. We'll do we'll dove turkey and we'll have some ham, but prime rib. Ooh, hey! Usually too. I'm not going to complain about that. And it's f- phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like it is so good. So yeah. that's usually the alternative. This year we're doing some alternative too with her family. I have no idea what's on the menu yet. I'm yeah. excited to find out. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's prime rib. We're not doing as much family this year, but mm-hmm. um, usually it's prime rib. And we'll have that at Christmas too. Yeah. Back before my grandma passed away, the last probably ten years or so. Of her life, from she passed away when she was eighty, so like seventy to eighty, she got uh, she enjoyed the traditional Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. but she didn't want to do it for Christmas too. Right, we we don't do it at Christmas for my mom's. Yeah, so uh, she went uh, straight Mexican food for for Christmas yeah. dinner, and it was yeah. uh, a lot of fun. We do that a lot for like Ashley's family Christmas, mm-hmm. like her immediate family. Yeah, we'll do Mexican food a lot, or um, my mom's will do pizza. Ooh. My mom would do like a homemade Nothing pizza, and that. her homemade pizza is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Or her homemade spaghetti and meatballs, which is like a family recipe that's incredibly good. So wow. we'll do that usually a lot, too. All right. Good deal. Well, now that the uh, the draft is over, I'm moving the Christmas tree. Oh, back. yeah, yeah. I guess we can go back to Christmas time. Yeah. So I'm just not ready to after Thanksgiving. Just not there. It's understandable. Understandable. Uh, so I'm assuming no Christmas tree up in your in uh, in the Unruh house. No, everything's still in the storage unit. Yeah. Understandable. No. Can't... Uh, can't argue with and it. And Cohen's going to destroy it, so I'm really not in that big of a hurry. Right? Yeah, yeah. You you only got so much uh, eh. so much time with the uh, the shelf life of the tree yeah. once you get it up and uh, with a two year old in the house. So that's understandable. All right. Well, with that, I think it's time to wrap this thing up. This thing is going a long time, almost an hour. Well, so. that's what happens when you don't put us on camera last week. That's exactly right. We're making up for uh, yeah. It's a it's a double episode for all, all the people <laughs> that missed last week. So. Uh, we uh, we appreciate any of you that are still listening at this point. Thank you very much. We appreciate the folks back at the office for putting it together and getting it out on YouTube. Hopefully, the technical difficulties are all all sewn up and we're able to actually get this out there for you. Remember, to drop your score comments in the uh, score predictions in the comments that I mess up every week. <laughs> and uh, and whenever we get back around yeah. here, we'll uh, we'll drink a free, free beer for you. Yeah. So, with that, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. And yes. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.